Hey there, body farmers. Before we start the episode today, which is episode, I believe, 77, uh, but before we get started, I wanted to let everybody know that Angel is not going to be on the podcast for a few months. Um, As a lot of you know, she's been struggling with alcohol addiction. She's voluntarily gone to rehab. Um, It happened really fast, and it happened directly after we recorded this episode. Uh, Within an hour and a half of her leaving my house to record, she was taken to a treatment facility where she will be taken care of because her amazing big brother is there to help her. He now works there, um, and he's helping her along the way. He's also helping me and helping Spencer along the way. He's kept us updated. She's she's doing as well as could be expected at this point. I'm still in a little bit of shock. It's been a weird day. Um, I wanted to wait a day so that I could gather myself before I told everybody else. But please, if you have any questions, feel free to um, get a hold of me. At the beginning of this episode where she tells her story of the begin of the exorcism of the real Emily Rose, uh, it was a little bit rough. I'm going to re-record what she had actually written, and I will post it within the next few days. She tried to tell it off memory, and... It was a little, it was a little rough. Um, we need everybody's juju, all your good juju. Send us all your good thoughts, whatever you believe in. Send it to all of us, but mostly to Angel right now. I'm going to keep the show going. I don't want to let this fall because, because she's not here, because she's going to be back. I'm going to keep going with guest co-hosts until she gets back. Kagan has actually agreed to help me out uh, for the most part. I've also talked to Dan Amor and the awesome guys from Learning to Curse with Adam and Chuck. And you should hear Chuck first. Adam will be later. I'm going to try to do everything I can to keep it an interesting show like it was before, even though I know it won't be the same without Angel. Nothing is the same without Angel. (laughs) It's been one day and I've tried to text her. I don't know how many times to just for silly little things, but I know that this is all for the best. Uh, Spencer and I are going to be able to go visit her a little bit. So if you guys want, you can send letters, send care packages, send them to me and I can take them into her. If you are interested in sending them directly to her, let me know and I will get you the address. Uh, she cannot have anything alcohol related at all. So just please get with me before you try to send her anything. If you want to send us stuff, send something to me. Um, that I can take into our our address is P.O. Box 1610, Vernal, Utah, 84078. If you would like to help support her family in any way financially, you can donate to our PayPal, which is colormedeadpodcast at gmail.com, and I will make sure every cent of it goes to her family. Say goodbye to my best friend. Well, she went off to a place where she was scared to be alone. To get the help she needed was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. 
But I'm so happy that she was so strong to do it. Please, if anybody needs help, reach out. But let's let us let her know that we're all here for her. Um, I know she's feeling alone and ashamed right now. And ashamed isn't the word that she should or isn't the thing that she should be feeling. She should be proud of herself for taking care of herself. Uh, if you want to reach out to me for any questions about anything about her, um, whatever, do that. It might take me a little bit to get back to you because my phone has been going off nonstop. In fact, that was probably my phone going off. I forgot to silence it to record this little bit. Sorry. So sorry. But I'm going to send you off to our show. Um, like I said, I will I will record what she had written because she did a good job writing it. It just the day that we ended up recording wasn't the best. The however, the so-so that's going with this is gonna be amazing because neither one of us could focus. Thank you all for your support. Thank you so, so, so much. We appreciate every little bit of it. And right now we need your support more than ever. And here's our show, episode 77. Welcome to Color Me Dead. This is a true crime podcast, and we talk about murder and fuckery most foul in detail while using the darkest of humor. If you don't like words like fuck and cunt, then you probably shouldn't listen. But if you do, then join us while we fuck your feelings. So, but then... Episode 77. 77? Can you believe it's 77 already? Uh, um, Technically, it's like 115. It really is. Are we going to do this episode? I'm sure we could. Meh. 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 Whatever. Meh. It's it's October. It's Halloween. We're taking it easy for the month. For the month? For the month. For the month. This month, we're going to take it easy. I don't know where I was going with that. I don't know, but that accent was on fucking point. Was it? I don't yeah. even know what kind it was supposed to be. Well, it was just, British, whether oh, good, you liked perfect, it or not. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. But... If you would like to support us, you can go to ageofradio.org slash colormedead slash. And on there, you can listen to our show. You can donate to our Patreon. You can support us by going to our sponsors down at the bottom of the page, which are Blue Apron, On It, Loot Crate, Loot Crate, and Loot Wear. This week, we're going to do two different stories. Yeesh. Angel's going to start with her exorcism of... Well, it's supposed to be the exorcism of Emily Rose, but that's not really her name. No. No. Names have been changed to protect the innocent. Dun, dun, dun. No, her name is Elizabeth Annalise. Well, she went by Annalise, which is fucking weird to me. Uh, Michelle, which is the real Emily Rose. So. 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 So, Emily Rose? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Emily Rose. So, 
the unfortunate business is her childhood is pretty much fucking unknown. And that's where we're going to start is I don't fucking know. What? How old was she when the story started? That 16. You? Oh. Yeah. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. So she had a really hardcore, like, religious life. She was um, Roman Catholic. And the story starts when she's about 16. Other than that, like, prior to that, I don't fucking know. So here's the fun shit. She has a fucking seizure. Okay. Full-blown grandma has a fucking come apart. And uh, the best part about this is when she comes out of it, she is like avert to fucking everything religious. That's weird. Yeah. I don't know. So she was actually born in Bavaria, Germany. The original story was like Wisconsin or some shit. Oh, really? Yeah. On the movie? Mm-hmm. I even watched that movie right after it came out. What's her name? Oh, shit. I can see her face, and I cannot think. <laughs> All I can think of is her on White Chicks, and she's like, do you see this? This, <laughs> this flubber. And there's, like, nothing there, and she's flipping the fuck out. Are you kidding? Hi, I'm Cellulite Sally. Look at my huge badonkey. Oh, and don't forget about me. I'm back. Now, who could have said that? Oh, yeah. It's Tina the talking tummy. I can't even wear a short skirt and a top without looking like a fat pig. I don't know, but that's all I can think of when I think of her. White chicks. Okay. Yeah. She's not nope. fat. Oh, no. So she was born in Bavaria, West Germany in 1952. Everything went down when she was 16. So she had her first grand mal seizure. When she was 16, and she had three, like, in the span of three years. Oh, God. Fuck, nope. I know. That's gotta suck. Three. Those are so In three scary. years. Well, I don't know much about grand mal seizures, because I've never fucking had one, but... My cousin has, like, the mini ones, where she just kind of stops and freezes, but when she had her first baby, she had a grand mal seizure. It was the scariest thing ever, I guess. I wasn't there. Oh, anyway, she was the firstborn mm-hmm. of three kids. No, four. Four kids. And her mom, Joseph, oh, Joseph and Anna. Josefina. That's what I thought you were going to say. That's no. That's a little bit of a different language. Jo- <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, Joseph and Anna. She had her first grandma seizure when she was 17. No, 16. And then everything went south after that. Um, but she doesn't remember it, right? No. So here's the fucked up thing. So she had her first grand mal seizure and it was like, she walked around in a daze and zoned out and nobody knew what the fuck was going on with her, including her mom and dad. And her friends said that she was doing like weird shit, like, she was speaking in tongues and oh yeah and nobody knew what the hell was going on with her and she had it at school yeah oh no yeah a year later she actually has like another grand mal seizure 
And this is where shit gets really weird because then she starts like pissing the bed and doing very bizarre things where she woke up and she's kind of in a daze and she's pissed the bed and she has no idea. Right. Because if you piss the bed at 17, you're going to remember. You're going to know. But she gets up and she tells her mom, like, in the in the conversation that they recorded, she's not speaking German. Oh, shit. Yeah. After the second time, she goes to a neurologist and they diagnose her with fucking... Uh, Epilepsy. Yes. But they also thought that she had schizophrenia. All right. Because... She's, like, speaking in tongues. She's got no idea what the fuck she's doing with herself. Right. And uh, she's got a loss of memory. She's not acting right. No, so she's having hallucinations and shit. Like, um, so one of my favorite ones is she sees herself outside of her own body. Holy shit. Nope. No, yeah. no. So she has temporal lobe. Epilepsy. Three grandma seizures later, she starts doing the weirdest of shit. Let me fucking spleen. Okay, and this is what's the Gershwind syndrome? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm just going to read what you wrote here because I have questions. All right, It says it's a disorder marked by (laughs) hyper-religiosity. Yes. Uh, That wasn't going to come out of my mouth. So they have a hypersensitivity to religious artifacts. Oh, okay. I didn't know what it meant. And I, when I read it at first, I'm like, I don't know what that word means. So she actually went on a pilgrimage. Okay. So after her second grand mal seizure, she went on a pilgrimage. And the lady that was her chaperone had a struggle with her because she wouldn't get around pictures of jesus she wouldn't drink from a holy uh so they had like a a fountain that they drank from well it was a stream she wouldn't touch it she was like no i will not no okay that makes more sense so anyway then moving forward so she had two well three different medicines that she started taking and nothing was helping what were they giving her medicines for? Was epilepsy. It, it was epilepsy. Uh, mm-hmm. For tremors. Epilepsy. Epilepsy? Mm-hmm. Uh, tremors. Epilepsy. Okay. Yeah. But nothing was helping, and so she continued to take them, but uh, nothing was fixing her. And then she she started to... Not only was she speaking in tongues... But she was having episodes where she couldn't look at herself in the mirror. And she was doing, like, she was pissing on the floor. She was eating fucking spiders. Like... Oh, my God. Nope. Yeah. No, thank you. I would not like one of your spiders. Uh, No. And uh, she was, like, chewing on glass. And she was doing some fucked up shit. All in the name of Jesus. Everything about Jesus was sketchy and fucking unknown, and she hated all of it. 
So she was trying to like go against it. Is that what it yeah. was kind of turning yeah, out? Yeah, it be? wasn't like a religious thing. Like she was on board with it. No, it was like sketchy. No, she didn't want it. But she was having really bizarre episodes where she would be in the middle of prayer and she swore that she heard demons telling her to rot in hell and that she was going to burn in Jesus fire. And yeah, the professionals think that she was more schizophrenic than she was epileptic. The court when, okay, so initially when they took her in for evaluation, they said she was bipolar and she had fucking depression. Okay. And that was 1973. So were they just treating her for epilepsy, but they weren't trying to treat her for schizophrenia? Mm-hmm. And so that's probably why it continued to happen, right? Because she was I still having so. a wee bit of... Because I know someone who had schizophrenia and they said that the voices in their head told them to cut off all communication and with anybody. get Turn off your radio, or not your radio, sorry. Turn off your internet. Turn off your cell phone. Don't leave the house. You know, don't have any lines of communication coming in. You can't have satellite TV. You can have nothing. Turn it all off. And so he did, and he sat in there for a while. And I'm not sure how he ended up getting out of it, but he'll go through bouts that are like um, stuff like that. And then he'll go to being communicative with everybody, and but he'll like drink, he'll go have lunch and drink beer and play pool or whatever, just hang out like a normal person. And, and then he'll go from that to like extreme religion and holy shit yeah it's like it's all over the place oh so i okay that's who i thought of when i was well that's kind of where she went and shit just got weird from there because she was the one that was like the devil's talking yeah and didn't okay so she thought that she was possessed by demons Mm -hmm. but she didn't want medicine to fix it no and she continued to take the medicine even though she was on three different kinds of uh anti-epilepsy right anti-tremor meds goodness yeah so anyway uh moving forward so her and her family decided that she needed an exorcism all right and she was denied four different times for the exorcism and then finally the roman catholic church in her town of like 400 fucking people finally decided that they were going to allow her to do this and uh but leading up to that mhm okay she started ripping her clothes off her body. Oh, she was doing some weird shit. Compulsively performed up to 400 squats a day. That was... Mm-hmm. Crawled under a table and barked like a dog for two days. Two fucking days. Didn't eat, didn't sleep. Ate spiders. We already talked about that. And mm-hmm. Cole bit the head off a dead bird. <laughs> and licked her own urine from the floor that she had piss- pissed on the floor. Mm-hmm. Well, fuck. Yeah. And this is that's when she was kept in a room and restrained. Mm-hmm. And that's when they found the priest that agreed to do it. He was like, this is not epilepsy. This is not schizophrenia. There's something fucking wrong with her. Right. And uh, it was Father Alt that actually agreed to do this. And um, there was one other priest. Father Rents. Yes. 
And they're the ones that came in. When this girl died, her knees had exploded. Oh, God. 68 times she was forced to do the, uh, what do they call it? The exalt. Uh-huh. And that's what caused her knees to explode? Mm-hmm. Jesus fucking Christ. Because she was dropping to her knees so many times. It's Kate... They called it the Great Exorcism. Yes. You know what that reminds me of is the Great Mouse Escape or whatever the hell that movie was called. Oh, that's kind of You know what I'm talking up. about? Yeah. I, that's all I could think of when they said the Great Exorcism. It's kind of the same thing. They're, they're trying to do a great escape of the devile. The devile. The devile. Let's rid you of the devil. So, but her knees exploded. Fuck. Yeah. Ritual Romanium. That was the literal term of the exorcism. All right. Ritual. Ritual. That sounds like me talking like a moron, like when I'm, when I say a strategy. <laughs> it's a ritual. Fucking George Bush, the shit out of it. Ritual. Strategy. <laughs> Before the, the exorcism actually came into play, she had written, Annalise had written to these priests multiple times and was like, help me, help me, help me. I'm dying. I'm possessed. And I need you to come to my home. Can I read what she really, yep. like the quotes of what she wrote? Because it's so fucking sad. Do, did you read what she wrote to her or like what she said to her mom on her deathbed? Not yet. Fuck. Well, I, I've read it, but I was going to read the one. This is what she said, wrote to the priests. Mm-hmm. I am nothing. Everything about me is vanity. What should I do? I have to improve. You pray for me. And then another time she said, I want to suffer for other people, but this, but is, this is so cruel. cruel. Those were quotes. Mm-hmm. Finger quotes. Those are literally things she said to these priests. It's so sad. So do you want to talk about all the demons she was possessed by? Yes. Because uh, by now, her parents decided no more missing. Mm-hmm. We're just going straight They took up her off exorcism. of everything and they did straight exorcism. So she was possessed and spoke in these tongues. Okay. From Lucifer, Cain, Judas, Iscariot, Adolf Hitler, and Nero. Adolf fucking Hitler. That's what I was just... That's what I was just going to say. <laughs> How about that's what I was focusing on? Was Adolf Hitler? You're fucking quoting Adolf Hitler? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Let's, let's not. Well, and she would do... So there's actual fucking footage of her, like growling and hissing and like speaking in fucking tongues dude i kind of wanted to look it up but then i it was late at night and i was it like no nope. freaked me out i'm gonna watch so it early it in the morning me out it's gonna freak you out right I, I did watch halloween though and i'm fine but it was the tv version so <laughs> <laughs> it was edited for tv it was very edited i laughed a lot like i do in most horror movies so the 67 exorcisms that she had were called rites of... Um, this says, at this point, her parents stopped consulting doctors on her request and relied solely on the exorcism rites. 67 exorcism sessions, one or two each week, lasting up to four hours, were performed over about 10 months in 1975 to 1976. There's an actual fucking word for it, and I okay. didn't type it. God damn it. I'm sorry. What the fuck, man? I know. 
You had one job. Just I know. <laughs> so anyway, she did have 67 different exorcism rites, and these lasted anywhere from four to 10 hours. I want to know. Well, and they did it over 10 months. Mm-hmm. I want to know what they, like, I do, but I don't want to know what happens in said exorcisms. I don't know. I don't want to. I, yeah, I kind of want to know, but I kind of don't want to know. This was actually something that they did through various stages of um, cultures, and uh, it started in the 1500s. Damn. Well, bloodletting and fucking leeching was a thing. Mm-hmm. Shit. Vare retro satana. Which means, go back, Satan. I'm going to start saying that to my baby. Do you think that it will work? No. I got a a magnet just for her yesterday. Well, for me, for her. This is not today, Satan. Not today. Well, that was what they used to say to people, like, in the exorcism. And it was to expel the devil. That was the saying. I wonder if that's where not today, Satan came from. Not today, Satan. Probably. So, do you want to uh, tell them what she said when she was on the verge of death? Yes, this is where she's very weak. And near near death, um, she told her exorcist to beg for absolution, but to her mother, she said, Mother, I'm afraid. How scary and sad would that be? How could you let... Like, I get that her parents think that they're doing the right thing, but... Dude, you can't look at your fucking kid and be okay with that. No. 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 That would be so heartbreaking to sit and watch. So, on July 1st of 1976, she actually passed away of malnutrition, dehydration, and starvation. You could imagine that the dehydration and starvation in itself caused more, like, hysteria. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they actually said that if they had, uh, so, doctors said that if they had force-fed her, that she would have been alive a week later. Oh. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah. So. Oh, she believed that fasting would rid her of the devil, though. She so she did. wouldn't eat. She wouldn't eat. And so her sister actually testified in court when everybody went. So the priests, mom and dad, everybody went to jail. Okay. And then they go to court. And the sister's like, no, no, it's not their fault. It's not their fault. And she wouldn't eat, not even if they tried to force her, because she was under the impression that... uh, The devil would go away if you don't feed it. Yeah. Basically, right? Mm -hmm. Is what I got out of it. Yep. Um, That was in 1976 that her parents and the priests were charged with negligent homicide. Well, so they all did, uh, they got uh, probation. So they didn't go to jail, but they got like three years probation. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. They said, the prosecution said the parents should be exempt from punishment as they had, quote, suffered, suffered enough. enough. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is such a, like, it's such a it's rough It's so case. weird. It's so weird. But, yeah, they they actually didn't go to jail. Not mom, not dad, not the priest. They uh, they suffered enough. And then they got three years probation. Mm, that's... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are you on probation for? Well, I starved my daughter to death. 
after performing various amounts of um after exorcisms. I exploded her knees. Yes, and we're trying to exorcise the demons. Fuck. The demons have now been exorcised. <laughs> I have exorcised the demons. Here's the fun part. So after she was buried, so she was put in a tin can, basically. And the parents had her fucking exhumed later. Mm-hmm. And they actually did like additional tests on the body. Yeah. And they were like, we want to put her in a better coffin. That was their reason for pulling her out of the ground. All right. And so they had her relocated, but the priests weren't allowed to be in the cemetery when they had her exhumed and reburied. Oh, really? They put her in a nicer coffin, but the parents and the priests weren't allowed to be in the cemetery. Oh, were they afraid they were going to do some more fuckery on her body? I have no fucking clue. Jesus Christ. Well, that's crazy. So when you watch The Exorcism of Emily Rose. It's a little bit different than what you actually think. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. Meow. Well, now we're going to move on. To? The Salem Witches. Yay! There's a lot of fuckery that goes on with the Salem Witches, and we're not going to go extremely extra, extra deep into it. We're going to... Skim the surface, and then we are going to talk about my sister-in-law, who is a direct descendant of not only some of the witches that were accused and hung and all that shit, but also the judges and the accusers. Like, she is related to fucking all of them, and we will explain. She grew up in Roosevelt? No. (laughs) Sorry. Massachusetts. No, she... New Hampshire... I don't know where she grew I don't up, know. to Can be you honest. Say Massachusetts again? Massachusetts. Massachusetts. East. Mm-hmm. She, she's from the East, the East Coast. Mm-hmm. And my brother may bitch about his wife because that's what men do, but he re- married a real witch. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. We Tee-hee, love you, Ryan. We love you both. Yes, this is my big brother, Ryan. Um, his his wife, her name is Cynthia. Cynthia. It's really Cindy. We call her oh, Cindy, but I, Cynthia. I, I was just trying to make it fancy. Cynthia. <laughs> when Calvin was little, he had a bus driver named Cynthia, and he was in kindergarten, and he had gotten into Red Ants at the bus stop that day. And I always went to the bus stop with him. I knew he was in the Red Ants, and I kept trying to get him away from him. Well, apparently... They had climbed all over him in the meantime and were biting him on the while he was on the bus. <laughs> so I got a phone call from the school and the bus driver once they got to school telling me I should come get him and check him out because he's covered in ant bites. And she's like, maybe you should pay closer attention to your kid. I'm like, oh, my fucking God. It's go a fucking fuck boy. Yeah. They do that. I, I told him to stay out of the... Stay out of it. Like, what else do you want me to do? And he got out of it when I told him to stay out of it. But by then, the damage was done. The ants were crawling all over him. (laughs) But So he would, I would tell him. Why is that so funny? (laughs) It was hilarious. Like, I took him to the doctor and stuff because I was like, I don't know. Because it's not like the Texas fire ants or anything. 
But I was like, I don't know what we're doing, Fuck so let's things. just get you checked out just in case. And I was like, his bus driver, I think I was telling Clint or my mom or somebody, but I was like, his bus driver, Cynthia, said that we need to keep an eye on him or something like that because I was pissed about that part. Because I was there. I was watching him the whole entire time. I was a present mom taking care of him. And he was talking about it later, and he'd be like, and Cynthia. Cynthia. Cynthia said. Like, <laughs> That's all I can think of anytime anybody says Cynthia. 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 Anyway, I got my information from for for your rundown from the SmithsonianMag.com. And I have I posted all of the references from everything that Cindy got her information from at, on the show notes. I'm pointing at them like you know where they are. Okay. Right there on the show notes. Right okay. There on I, the show I, notes. I got it. Yeah. Okay. So we'll give you a rundown of, in case you don't know anything about Salem witches, which I really didn't. I'm not going to lie. I didn't know shit about them. So I'm just going to go from the beginning. In Europe from the 19th, no, ma'am. 1300s? How about the 1300s, not sure. the 1900s? Fuck. I don't know. From the 1300s to the end of the 1600s, there was a witchcraft craze. Whoa, Jesus. Witchcraft craze going on. Many religious people believed that the devil could give certain people what they called witches the power to harm others in return for their loyalty. I'm in. So- Sign me up. (laughs) I'm already in this club. Yeah, I've been waiting for my invitation for quite some time now. Can I join? (laughs) Tens of thousands of witches were executed. They were mostly women. And as the craze was winding down in Europe, it was only the beginning in America. In January of 1962, a nine-year-old girl named Elizabeth and her 11-year-old cousin Abigail started having, quote, fits. In these fits, they would scream and throw things while making a strange sound and contorted so them. Yeah, right? That's what I was thinking, too. <laughs> All right. And they contorted themselves into strange positions, which is something that my seven-year-old... your fucking children. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is my middle yeah. child. She doesn't necessarily have the fits. The little one has the fits, but the middle one contorts like a motherfucker. Dude, I've seen her do some weird shit. Me too. I'm like, how are you not broken in half the wrong way right now? Well, why are your ribs still intact? I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I either. don't know. They ended up being sort of pressured by the magistrates to blame three women. Tituba, who was a slave, Sarah Good, a homeless woman, and Sarah Osborne, who was an elderly woman. These women were interrogated for several days starting in March of 19, or 1692. The Sarah said that they were innocent, but Tituba did not. She said, quote, the devil came to me and bid me to serve him. She went on to tell them about images of black dogs, red cats, yellow birds, and a, quote, black man who wanted her to sign his book. She said that he signed the book and that there were several other, several other witches looking to the to destroy the Puritans. I'm more concerned about the yellow fucking birds. And the red cats. I'm like, uh, what the fuck with the yellow bird? Yeah, the red... Yeah, I, I was so hung up on the red cats that the yellow bird didn't get me, so... <laughs> I, and I'm all about the fucking yellow bird. I yeah. was like, red cat, that's fine. Black dog, that's fine. Yellow fucking bird, what the hell? What? What? <laughs> the three women, women were put in jail because of this confession. 
cell. Two of them were like, no, we're innocent. And one was like, uh, yes, I see all this fucking shit. I signed a book. She's uh, all, she's all willy fucking nilly. Yeah. She's like, yeah, dude, red, red cats, right. black dogs, yellow birds. It's fucking every- madness. <laughs> Take me away. And the other two got thrown in jail because of her confession. This threw everyone into a state of paranoia in in Massachusetts. <laughs> they said that anyone could be a witch. They even decided that Sarah Good's four-year-old daughter was a witch. When they questioned her, they decided oh, that on. she was confessing because she had, like, meek little answers like, I, I don't know. It's a baby. She's fucking four. Oh, my God. For the love of Christ. Dude, I'm... You're going to make me scratch myself. (laughs) Scratch. Scratch. At this point, they start bringing in tons of people for questioning. On May 27th of 1692, a woman named Bridget Bishop, who was an older, gossipy, harlot-y type (laughs) woman. You said harlot. A trollop. (laughs) Trollop. She had her trial, and they asked her if she committed witchcraft, and she answered, I am as innocent. Innocent. As maybe a newborn child? She says, quote, I am as innocent as the child unborn. <laughs> innocent. 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 Okay. Uh, I guess it was because she was a little bit of a slut bag and a gossip that they didn't believe her. So she was the first person that would eventually be hanged. She was hanged on June so 10th. So she was a dirty girl. She was. She was I don't my like kind it. of lady. I know. You want to be friends, Bridget? <laughs> she was hanged on June 10th at what was later called Gallows Hill. Remember Gallows Hill because I have a little something to add to it later. This was the beginning of the hangings. Five were sentenced in, sentenced in July, five in August, and eight in September. A man named Fuck, they just hang everybody. They're like, here, you you get they're hanged. Like, and you, you get, get a hanged. fucking noose and you get a noose yeah. and you get a noose. It's like Oprah, but you don't want it. <laughs> Backwards Oprah. Reverse day. No. <laughs> it's fucking awful it is it's horrible like everybody was getting accused cotton mather who was a respected minister had written a letter before all of this asking the court not to allow spectral evidence which was like testimony about their dreams and visions so they were asking them have you ever had a dream about this and if they'd had a dream about anything guilty you get hanged fuck fuck you had a dream what all right fuck for real If you could get in my mind and see the shark dreams that I have. Shit, no. The things that I fucking dream about. Yours are creepy. Mine are always sharks. I'm not even kidding. Really? Oh, yeah. They're all fucking sharks? Nightmares. If I have any kind of nightmare, it's about a shark. Oh, fuck. Um, Like 90% of the time. Mine's usually demon possession. Yeah. Yeah. Do do we need to starve you and get 67 exorcisms? (laughs) Exorcisms. Break my knees. (laughs) Watch no. your knee. I'll give you knee pads. I'm that good of a friend. I would prefer no. No? Okay. No, no exorcisms for you today. Okay, today. Today? Known today? Cotton said it were, this is a quote, it were better that 10 suspected witches should escape than one innocent person person be condemned. Why can I not read today? Today, Junior? His letter was ignored at the time. 
On October 29th, Governor Phillips finally did something about it. But Governor Phillips' wife um, was now being questioned for witchcraft. So he prohibited further arrests and released many accused witches. Because of this, only two out of 56 were condemned. In May of 1963, he eventually pardoned all who were in prison on witchcraft charges. However, this didn't save everyone. 19 were still hanged on Gallows Hill, and a 71-year-old man was stoned to death in several and several died in prison. Nearly 200 people had now been accused of practicing, quote, the devil's magic. We're going to jump to January of 1697. Judges were confessing error and guilt. They were like, all right, so we kind of pushed them into this shit. All right, so we fucked up. Yeah, and on the 14th, the general court ordered a day of fasting and soul searching for the tragedy in Salem. Oh, fasting. Right? Why? That seems to be a fucking ongoing thing. Yeah, I don't understand it, and I never really have, but Well, whatever. because food's fucking awesome. And yeah. The only reason I fast is for surgery or a medical procedure, and even at that point, I'm pretty fucking pissed off about it. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you so cute? <laughs> You're like, even then, I'm pretty pissed about it, and I'm like... <laughs> In 1702, the trials were ruled unlawful. Rights and good names were restored to those who were accused and their heirs were awarded restitution. It took 250 years for Massachusetts to apologize for all of the events in 1692. Sorry. Oh, oh, Sorry. oh by the way. Oh, gosh. Sorry. Oh, gosh. I'm sorry. Remember 250 years ago when none of you were alive? Um, we're sorry. We, like burned all your moms and hung them all. Yeah, we're sorry. sorry. We're we're so sorry. <laughs> so sorry. So that's just the quick fucking the cliff's notes. And while we're here, though, this oh. song has been in my head the whole time that I've been researching this, and it's uh, Rob, it Rob Zombie? Zombie because dig through the ditches and burn through the witches. Not no? that one. Are you no. fucking kidding this me? This song that's on Educated Educated Horses album. Oh my god! Called American Witch, and I will read you to some of the lyrics. Quote. We all pray for 20 innocent. We all bow down 20 innocents. We all hang high 20 innocents. We all accuse 20 innocents. Also, do you want to know? I can't do it without singing it. Do you want to know where your dreams <laughs> come from? Some showed their faith and some showed none. That's my quote. That's it's right. staying that way too. And the song is really repetitive because he's saying a lot of the same shit. But there's one that... There's one spot that gets me that says, alone on the hill and ready to die. The cancers of the darkness, a blackened eye. The mark of the wolf and the sign of the calf. Oh, angels bleed down above the raft. Yeah, yeah. From the American. Uh, this subject was sparked by my sister-in-law. I was just a, 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 a snake. I was a snake. Um, my sister-in-law, who is my... Sneaky little flivery little snake. snake. 
All right. She's, I'll be good. She's the reason that this subject came up for us. She has a blog that is called Cindyology, and I have the link for it in the show notes. The reason she blogged about it, though, is because she is a direct descendant, and the title of the blog is called The Descendants of Salem Witches, Judges, Accusers, and Opposers. She posted it October 9th of 2015, and we're telling you this, and we can't say a whole lot, but what I can tell you is there is some future projects of which will be broadcasted on a thing we watch at some point in the future. That is all we can say. I'm going to read the her blog word for word because I don't want to fuck it up. And we're going to interject with our thoughts or things that she's told me along the way because I talked to her a little bit about it the other day and she added in a few things that we didn't know. So, I shall start. So... It all started with so. (laughs) My mother still reminds me of the day I denounced my Mayflower ancestors in a Plymouth, Massachusetts McDonald's. In my defense, I was six, and I had just spent the entire day being dragged from libraries to graveyards to historical centers. When I finally sat down to eat my coveted Happy Meal, I came face to face with an enormous painting of the Mayflower hanging on the wall. I don't care any more about... Any old dead pilgrims, I finally declared, and I meant it. Thirty years later, I have come to appreciate them. I think it's perhaps because with each ancestor that I uncover, a new story surfaces. And with each story comes a lesson that unfailingly changes the way that I view modern society. Society. I had known about my mother's Mayflower ancestors all my life. My dad's family... Puritans, who settled Massachusetts colony in the 1630s, was the side I knew nothing about. As I started putting pieces of his family's puzzle together, I realized that many of my ancestors had been entangled in the Salem witch trials, perhaps one of the darkest periods of American history. Some ancestors, I learned, were hanged on Gallows Hill in Salem, Mm. which is crazy considering there was only 19 of them. Some were the judges who said... Which one do you think you would have been? The witch being hanged. (laughs) No shit. I would be like like the Sanderson sisters singing the song. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, our new favorite thing, though. We've been watching Hocus Pocus repeatedly because it's October and that's what we do. And the part where she's like, amuck, 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 and when he smacks her in the stomach, fuck, Tyler Smack. does, yeah. We went to hockey the other day, and my girls were running, and I'm like, Shh, girls, calm down. And my friend was like, oh, it's fine. My kids run amuck in here. And her and I, Tyler and I look at each other, and we both go, amuck, 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 amuck. <laughs> and luckily, she knew what we were talking about and laughed, and I was like, thanks. That's been my most favorite thing lately. Some were the judges who sentenced them to death. Some were betrayed by their own family members. Some were the accusers and some were the opposers. The Salem witch trials went historically unnoticed until Arthur Miller wrote The Crucible Mm -hmm. in uh, 1953. 1953. It was a question? Because I didn't know if I was saying it right. No, The Crucible. The Crucible? 
I like to fuck up words. I enjoy it. (laughs) It's a secret. I enjoy saying words wrong. That's why I was like, I do know. (laughs) The play, an iconic historical dramatization of the trials, was his artistic way of subtly protesting the communist witch hunts of his time. Miller himself was afraid that if he blatantly protested what Senator McCarthy was doing, then he, too, would be accused of being a communist. Arthur carefully wove real historical characters into his play. Two characters being Rebecca Town Nurse, a well-respected midwife in the Salem community, and her husband, Francis Nurse, a Salem selectman. In the play, they are simply characters, but to me, they are more... They are my paternal grandparents, nine generations back. Holy shit. Right? <laughs> I know. Every time when I read this, I was like, Jesus Christ. You really are witchy. You are a witch. Fuck, Ryan. You really uh, found you a witch there, didn't you? What's the uh, practical magic? Mm-hmm. You're a witch, witch, witch. witch. You're a bitch, bitch, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca Nurse, at the time of the trials, was said to have been a kind, very pious, frail woman of 71. Her family, although well-respected and affluent... 71? 71. Shit. All right. ...had been in a long-term land dispute with the Putnam family. This land dispute was what most likely caused the Putnam daughter, Anne, to famously accuse Rebecca and Rebecca's two sisters of witchcraft. Although... Many townspeople signed a petition on her behalf. Rebecca was tired. Tired. Rebecca was tried, convicted, and hanged on July 19th of 1692 in Salem's Gallows Hills. To worsen matters, witches were not allowed Christian burial, so her body was dumped in a shallow grave with other victims. It is said, however, that on the night of her hanging, her family snuck out after dark, retrieved her body, and gave her a proper burial on the nurse's farm. Her sister, yeah, her sister, who was Cindy's great aunt, Mary Town Easty, it's E-A-S-T-E-Y, sorry, I'm totally screwing it up, was convicted a few months later and sentenced to the same fate on September 22nd, 1962, nope, 1692. A third sister who is my great aunt Sarah Cloyce was accused of witchcraft, but they but released later. Um, when I was talking to Cindy about the that fuck? part, they're just burning everybody. Well, okay, so they said that they went and got her body out of her shallow grave and went and buried her. They think that they either okay, either a it's not on Gallows Hill that they said that it was, or b. That all the families went and got the bodies and buried them because there's no um, trace of the remains of all of these women who were hanged. Riddle me this. I they don't still know haven't that's been found. Fucking weird. Mm-hmm. No bones. No bones. The Putnam family played pivotal roles in the trials. As I dug into my family tree, I realized that I am related to them. John Putnam. My great uncle, 12 times back, along with his wife, Priscilla Gold. Her sons, John, who is, it says in quotes, John Sr., 
Nathaniel and Thomas, who are her first cousins, were the first generations of Putnams to move to Salem from England. They were given large parcels of land upon their arrival, and a few decades later, they were one of the wealthiest families in Salem. Along with wealth came power. Did anybody else just have a Spider-Man quote in their head? I did not. Oh, I'm the only one. All right. They are historically said to have controlled the majority of Salem's affairs, to which included the town's church. Their extremely rigid Puritan ideals, however, did not please many of the villagers. And when Reverend Samuel Parris, a minister of the Putnam's back pocket, became Salem's first ordained minister, the animosity between the Putnam's and the villagers intensified. This coupled with many land disputes causing several of the villagers to elect new selectmen to replace the Putnam's. One of the selectmen being Francis Nurse, who was in a land dispute with Nathaniel Putnam. The new the new selectman promptly rejected a tax increase that would have been used to pay Reverend Paris's salary. This in turn infuriated both the Putnam family and Reverend Paris. So keep that in mind during said trials. <clears throat> a few months later, Salem would find itself in the throes of witch, uh, of witch hysteria. Dogs, cats, living together. <laughs> Mass hysteria. Sorry. <laughs> I cannot. <clears throat> okay. Yeesh. We act our age. Oh. Not our shoe size. I'm going to go with my shoe size. I can even act my shoe size plus your shoe size, but not a whole lot more. Fair enough. It's a five. <laughs> yes. I know. I, I got an eight going on here, so. So we're great. Yeah. It's nice and immature still. Fifteen on a good day. Yes. All right. All right. The Putnam family, especially the families of John Sr., Nathaniel and Thomas were ringleaders behind the hysteria and subsequent witch trials. Nathaniel testified against two people and wrote complaints against two others. Nathan- want- hey, I'm sorry. Um, can we be the ringleaders behind hysteria? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nathaniel testified against two people and wrote complaints against two others. Nathaniel's son, John Putnam, John Jr., was her second cousin... Ten generations. Ten, yeah, whatever. You know what I mean. And his wife, Hannah Cutler Putnam, testified against my grandmother, Rebecca Nurse, at her trial and those of her sisters. That's fucking catty right there. Bitch, I thought I had fucking nerve. Right? Fuck. Damn. Mary. Hey, I would never hang you. Thank you. I'm just saying. If I hung you, I'd make sure I hung right next to you. And it would be for good reason because we need to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I would never hang you. I would never hang you. If I'm going down, I'll just take you with me, all right? It's but as I'll good as I can you. do. <laughs> John Sr. and his wife Rebecca testified. Against five people, four of which were hung. John Sr.'s son, Jonathan Putnam, second cousin 11 times back, testified against six of the convicted witches. Thomas's son, Thomas Jr., second cousin 11 times back, allegedly played 
the most enormous roll out of the Putnams. Facts vary slightly, but it is estimated that he accused and testified against 43 people. Holy shit. You're a witch. You're a witch. You're, You're a witch. witch. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. Thomas right. Jr.'s daughter, Anne Putnam, along with cousin Mary Walcott, were among the first of the girls to have the, quote, fits under witches' spells. Soon, other young girls in the village fell into, quote, spells. Thomas Jr.'s wife, Anne Sr., also succumbed to fits and accused many people of witchcraft, including Rebecca Nurse. Thomas's son, Edward Putnam accused and testified against many of the witches. My family's entanglement with the Salem witch trials doesn't stop here. Dun, dun, dun. I okay. feel like that was an appropriate spot for that. Go forth and tell me more. Tell us me more about the witches. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Take through the ditches and burn through the witches. Slam in the back of my Dracula. Calvin asked me why on... The on Hocus Pocus. Why do they talk like they're in the Bible? <laughs> I'm like, because it's like the 1600s. Oh. Okay. Okay. Mary. John Alden Jr., son of John Alden, Mayflower passenger and former assistant governor of Plymouth Colony, was an uncle by marriage. His wife was Elizabeth Phillips. John Jr. was not a Salem resident, but happened to pass through Salem one day on his way back to Boston. This stop prompted one of the inflicted girls to accuse him of witchcraft. To accuse him. You fucking sinner. John Jr. spent... Sinner! Sorry. Was he a sinner? He was a sinner because then he spent approximately four months in jail while awaiting trial fucking sinner during this time he managed to escape to new york where he where other accused witches had fled all right historians now believe that this rather infamous name caused him to be accused that's where sinners go fucking new york, new york. let's do this okay. get right. your shoes oh get you your have shit. your shoes we're I, going to fucking new york i need to get my shoes my shit's still packed because we know i don't unpack immediately when i get home so um, i think there's still shit in my fucking suitcase from we're new good Orleans. then Let's go. All right. Let's fucking do this. Back to New Orleans or New York? New York. We're sinners. Oh, I've never okay. been there. Oh, fuck. Sinners. Let's go. The afflicted girls had never seen him before, but they had heard rumors, probably false, that he had been supplying ammunition to the Indians. One of the afflicted girls, Mary Lewis, had been orphaned by an Indian attack and was said to have spearheaded the accusation. Oh. Shit. Oh, fuck. So, remember Sarah... Bunch of goddamn sinners. Yes. All of them. All of them. Remember Sarah Hood that we Mm. talked about, that I talked about earlier in the rundown? Yes, ma'am. This was Cindy's aunt. Oh, shit. Eight times back. Dude, you are just full of fucking bad ancestry. You're a witch. Anyway, she was accused and imprisoned for witchcraft. Not much is known as to why she was accused, but one theory suggests it was because she was the sister-in-law of a of the hung witch, John Proctor. Or the Sanderson sisters. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Edward Bishop, who was her paternal grandfather, 
10 times back was a <laughs> I sorry, I want to play in her family tree. Right? He was a prosperous Sawyer in Salem town. After his wife Hannah passed a away, what? Sawyer. After his wife Hannah passed away, he remarried Bridget Oliver, an outspoken, often controversial widow from Salisbury. Bridget would be the first, quote, witch to be tried, convicted, and put to death. Edward's son, Edward Jr., which was her great uncle nine times back, was also arrested for witchcraft along with his wife, Sarah Wilde Bishop. They were taken to Boston to await trial, but both managed to escape. Edward's daughter, Hannah Bishop Raymond, who is Cindy's grandmother, nine times, nine, I don't even know how to say that. It just says nine X, but you know what I mean. Nine times. Is documented as having testified on behalf of Rebecca Nurse during her trial. Mary and Thomas Bradbury, paternal grandparents, Cindy's paternal grandparents, 11 times back, both derived from prominent families in England. When they came to America, they became one of the wealthiest families in the neighboring Salisbury, Massachusetts. Although they didn't have ties to Salem, Mary's refusal to marry Anne Putnam Sr.'s family, or marry into that family, Several years before created bad blood between Anne and Mary. This is most likely the reason Mary was accused and brought to trial for being a witch. So basically, if you piss somebody off in the Putnam family, you're going to be a witch. You're going to burn the fucking stick. Yes. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, that. Mary. Okay. Although she was convicted, she was not put to death. Thomas, in an attempt to save her, wrote, quote, Concerning my beloved wife, Mary Bradbury, this is what I have to say. We have been married 55 years, and she hath been a loving and faithful wife hath? to me. Hath. Hath. Okay. Unto this day, she hath been wonderfully laborious. Laboratory. <laughs> Diligent. <Stop it. laughs> Diligent and industrious in her place and employment about the bringing up of, your, of our family. Which hath been eleven children of our own and four grandchildren. Eleven, eleven children. She was both prudent and provident of a cheerful spirit, liberal and charitable. She, being now very aged and grieved under her affliction, may not be able to speak much for herself, not being so free of speech as some others may be. I hope her life and con and conversation have been such among her neighbors as gives a better and more real testimony of her than can be expressed by words. How sad is that? He's like pleading for his wife who's too old to talk for or to speak for herself. Well, she was. Because she's half 11 children. 11? God, no. do they just fall out of you at they that point? They have to because I had three and they came out pretty easy. Or like <laughs> easier every fucking time. By 11, like. Oh, labor? You just reach down and grab it out. You're we we good. Like, fuck it. I'm going to keep Here cleaning the house before we do this. Yeah. My 10th great-grandfather, Simon Bradstreet, was the governor of Massachusetts just prior to the hysteria. I think that your family tree does not have branches. <laughs> I'm sorry to be Holy the one to shit. tell you. You fucking said it, not me. But she's in good company. I'm pretty sure mine's a circle. Um, 
He openly opposed the trials and was encouraged by many religious leaders in the community to stop them. However, because a new governor had not been put in place yet, the trials continued. Soon, two of his children, who were her great uncles, Dudley and John Bradstreet, would be accused of witchcraft. Dudley, in particular, served as Justice of the Peace in Andover, Massachusetts, and was forced to hand out over 40 arrest warrants during the trials. When he finally refused to hand out any more warrants, he was accused of witchcraft. Fuck. Come on. You get witchcraft. Mm -hmm. You get witchcraft. Did you just look at me with your eyes? Witchcraft. You're a witch. (laughs) You must go to trial now. You used your eyes. Oh my God. Do you have a wart? Witch. Witchcraft. Fuck. No, really. Yes. Very much. That's going to be what I tell everybody now. Witchcraft. You refuse? You're a witch. fucking witchcraft. Both Dudley and John fled town before arrests were made. Martha Ellen Carrier, who was Cindy's first cousin nine times back, was accused, tried, and hung on August 19th of 1692. There are many hypotheses on why she became a target. Some seem to think that it was because she was the niece of Reverend Francis Dane, a minister who famously condemned the hysteria, while others hypothesized that it was revenge because her family was on her family was one of the healthier founding families of Andover, Massachusetts. A handful of people think that it had to do with an inheritance of dispute of sorts. Her theory is that Martha was strong-willed and outspoken, both in favorable qualities and Puritan women. Which drew attention to herself. Yeah, we would have been fucking hung. Like, we would have been the first ones to go. So stoned. Yeah. Well, and not in the way we want to be. No, no, ma'am. Nope. Nope. Fucked over. That's kind of where I'm going with that. Uh Uh-huh. For mm-hmm. instance, at her trial, while many of the inflicted girls were just writhing on the floor, she turned to the judge and said, quote, It is a shameful thing that you should mind these folks that are out that are out of their wits. The saddest part of all, however, I was like that, that her four children, Richard, Andrew, Thomas, and Sarah, ranging ages 7 to 18, were also accused of witchcraft. You've got to be shitting me. Nope. Okay. Jesus Christ. Fuck. So Did we just burn everybody? Yes. God. All of them. Because that's kind of what it's looking like. Elizabeth Fuck. Ingalls Dane, who would have been her aunt, married Reverend Francis Dane. Francis had been a pastor in Andover, Massachusetts for over 40 years and a long-term skeptic of witchcraft. When the hysteria broke out, he vehemently... Mm-hmm. opposed the trials and refused to partake in any of them. As a result, his family would soon be accused of witchcraft. Fuck, why wouldn't they? Two of Elizabeth's and Francis's daughters, Elizabeth Johnson and Abigail Faulkner, would be accused along with five sorry, other... just say Faulkner? Yes. All right. With five of their grandchildren. Anne Alcock Foster was the paternal grandmother... And was an elderly widow when she was accused, tried, and jailed for witchcraft. Some historical documents indicate that she did not have her wits about her, which most likely meant she had a form of dementia. But that that means you're a witch. You're a witch! Well, my mom's a witch then. Yes. In the beginning of her trials, she... No, really, you should hear the shit my mom says. Oh, I could imagine. It's fucking amazing. 
In the beginning of her trial, she fervently denied being a witch. Her daughter, Mary Foster Lacey, and granddaughter, Mary Lacey Jr., however, testified against her to save themselves. What the fuck, man? They turned on Anne and told the courts that the devil needed, <laughs> that the devil indeed had a hold of Anne. Mary Lacey Jr. is documented saying, quote, Oh, grandmother, why did you have to give me the devil? Why did you persuade me? And oh, grandmother, do not deny it. You have been a very bad woman in your time. Um, Who says that? Did these fuckers. Did they put those words in her mouth, though? Because that seems rather odd to... Well, they're... Like a verbatim fucking thing to say. I don't know. They're saying it... They're trying to make themselves look free. So they're they're saying that it's her and not them. I know. Basically. Throwing her w- under the bus. But would you say those things? Fuck like, no. No, I would be like... That's fucking hang bizarre. Me. Hang me with my grandma. If you think you know, that like, she's shit. a witch, so am I. Let's do this. Fuck all y'all. Exactly those words. Fuck it all like y'all. deuces, dude. Yes. You like did some Tupac shit. Just kidding. It's just the Fuck way you it is. and your motherfucking bitch. <laughs> yeah. Just all willy fucking illy? Well, because she had dementia. And so they were like, well, I guess if that's what they're saying, then it's the truth. So, and she ended up dying in jail on December 3rd of 1692. John Osgood, who was a great uncle owned a considerable amount of land in Andover, Massachusetts, and was known to be one of the wealthier men in the area. His stat- his status in the community most likely led to his wife, Mary Osgood, being accused and jailed for witchcraft. Mary confessed to being a witch under extreme duress. Ironically, the people... What, what does that mean, though? I don't know. Ex- extreme duress? Do we torture it until it confesses? Basically. Oh, okay. Ironically, the people who succumbed to confessions often survived. More than 50 neighbors testified on behalf of Mary, and after spending three months in prison, she was released. So at least she got out. It's crazy some of the shit that they did to him to try to get him to confess. Like, What did they do? I don't know. That's what I want to know. Is it like waterboarding? Was it like, Fuck, do what they are we doing? Full of holes? Like, I don't know. Shit. I'm sure somebody knows and is yelling at us right now, but it's nothing new to us. Everybody yells it. We get we get yelled we get at yelled a lot. At a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Mary Ayer Parker uh, was her grandmother. Eight times back, was tried, convicted, and hung on September twenty second, sixteen ninety two. At the time of her death, she was fifty five. She was a fifty five year old widow from Andover, Massachusetts. Her husband died prior to her leaving a substantial estate to which included over 200 acres of land. She was not known to have any conflicts or disputes with neighbors, therefore it's unsure as to why she was accused. Some speculators, however, say that another Mary Parker, a rather scandalous woman living in the same area, may have been confused with this Mary. Oh, sorry, we got the wrong Mary. Oh, it wasn't you. Fuck, we were looking for scandalous Mary. Too late. I, I want to know what kind of scandalous shit she was up to. Mm-hmm. Well, I can tell you. Oh, you dirty girl. She was looking for things that were up. 
That's what was um, scandalous. She was friends with Jill. <laughs> yes. John Proctor, paternal grandfather, was a prosperous land and tavern owner. Although owning a tavern was a symbol of, pre- of prestige in Puritan times, John was not accepted by Salem's townspeople. He did not travel in the powerful Putnam family circle, nor did he hold any any town titles. To add to things, one of his servants, Mary Warren, became one of the inflicted girls. When he began openly opposing the inflict finger quote inflicted girls, Mary turned on him. He would be accused, tried, and hung on August nineteenth of sixteen ninety-two. Turned on him how? I don't know. Oh, like how they all are. They're like throwing other people under the bus to save like, themselves. Oh, fuck, like, I don't know. That that one's possessed by the devil. It's like playing hot potato, like fuck <laughs> hurry and toss it to somebody else. Shit. John's third wife, Elizabeth, was also sentenced to hang, but given leniency due to her upcoming pregnancy. Oh, fuck. Yeah. She would survive the hysteria. John's children, Sarah, William. Wait, I'm sorry. She was with baby? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. It says upcoming pregnancy, but I think it means pregnancy. Upcoming child. It had birth. It was with. Yes. Which I'm sure was a witch. The child inside her was a fucking witch. Okay? (laughs) Don't try to question it because it won't talk. It pleads the fifth. I wouldn't be surprised. That was very clever. (laughs) (laughs) John's children, Sarah, William, and John III, were also accused but not put to death. Mary Ellen Toothacre... Tooth Thatcher is how you say it. She was the sister of Martha Carrier, was also accused slash imprisoned for witchcraft along with her husband, Dr. Roger Toothacher. 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 <laughs> if you say it faster, does it get better? Toothacher. Toothacher. I'm Toothacher. I'm- and their 10-year-old... Toothacher. Toothacher. Anyway, and their 10-year-old daughter, Margaret. Not long after, her married daughter, Martha Toothacher Emerson... <laughs> would be accused and imprisoned. Roger died in prison under suspicious circumstances. Mary and Margaret were tried, found not guilty, as a result of confession to making a deal with the devil, and released on January of 1693. So how do you... How are you found not guilty? But we confess to the devil? Because you made a deal with the devil. Mm Mm-hmm. I make deals with the devil all the motherfucking time. That's probably why I'm not getting hung, all right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I do it every time I go to the fucking drive through at McDonald's. Fuck. Taco Bell is another uh, one. But can that we is not Taco, Taco Bell, Bell is right now much more worth it. Martha would also survive. We gotta hurry so we can get some goddamn Taco, Taco Bell. Bell. Elizabeth Betts Okay. Are you ready? Yep. Fosdick. <laughs> it's F-O-S-D-I-C-K. And I, I didn't even make that up. I did Nope. Was You're me. shitting me. No. All right. She was married to John Fosdick Jr. This would have been Cindy's you, cousin. You, you've got to stop saying the fucking I name. can't stop saying it. I'm going to say it forever. <clears throat> was also accused and imprisoned, but she was not put to death. So now we're going to move on to the judges and clerks of Cindy's Is family. Is <laughs> I hope so. 
What kind of dick you got? I got a Foz dick. <laughs> Foz dick? Is that like Fonz- Fozzie's dick? Do you think he has a red lipstick dick? Or- yes. Very much so. Or like a human pee-pee dick, like... Uh, but it's hairy. <laughs> well, no, like a... Uh, it's fuzzy. You haven't watched enough fucking Big Mouth. No. Fact. His dicks are all hairy. Yes, it's like that, I'm sure. One of those two. And short? No, Why I said... Why it got to be short? I didn't say sh- and short. I said for sure. I think... Oh, I thought That's what I meant short. to say. I meant to say for sure, but I probably mixed up words because that's what I do. So judges and clerks, Peter Sargent, a paternal grand, nope, a paternal great uncle, served as an associate judge on the trials. He was from Charlestown, Charlestown, Massachusetts, Yeah, but his parents, who were Cindy's grandparents, came from England. Samuel Sewell was a cousin and was a Harvard-educated merchant raised in Newbury, Massachusetts. The Sewell family had been embedded in politics back in England. His great-grandfather, who was Cindy's, also Cindy's great-grandfather, father by 12, times 12, Henry Sewell, had been a multi-term mayor of con- con- Good I'm God. I'm Fucking speak English. Mm. Nope. No. Okay. Coventry, one of England's largest cities and later a member of England's parliament. When Samuel married his first wife, Hannah Hall, the daughter of one of the wealthiest men in the colony, Samuel carried on a family tradition and became part of Boston's political scene. When the witch hysteria broke out, he was asked to serve on the trials as judge. He would later infamously regret his participation in the trials. It is documented that he is the only judge to have publicly regretted his actions. Stephen Sewell, Samuel's brother, was a court clerk during the trials, and as many of and and many of his transcripts outline the trials in detail. And I think those are the ones you can get at the Virginia City Library. The sorry, Virginia State University Library. Anne Winthrop Hoskins was part of the Winthrop family, would have been one of Cindy's other grandmothers nine million times. We don't know. No, we do. Eleven. Eleven. Great, 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 great. That's what I'm going to start saying. She was part of the Winthrop family who helped found Massachusetts and Connecticut and Connecticut colonies. Her first cousin, Governor John Winthrop, was the first governor of Massachusetts and served 12 years intermittently. Many of the Winthrops followed and served as governors/state representatives well into the 19th and 20th century. Only Winthrop, however, has been linked to the trials. John's grandson sat on top the Set on the Salem witch trials, although his involvement is not well documented. After the trials, he went on to become chief of justice in the colony's superior court. We're moving to accusers now. See, so all of her family in her family tree circle. In the family. Yes, we're all we're all in different parts of everything. We love you, Cindy, and your family tree circle. Sarah Phelps was their aunt. 
seven times, was one of the young girls afflicted by the witches. She played a large role in the accusations of the Carrier family, which subsequently led to the hanging of Martha Carrier. Anne Putnam was one of the girls afflicted by the witches. Her family, both immediate and extended, also participated in the trials outlined above. Captain John, no, I don't even know where John came from. It's Thomas, and I don't know how John came out of Thomas, but it did. Okay. Captain Thomas Chandler, my grandfather, eight times back, was head of one of the founding families of Andover. It is said that he was both one of the wealthier men in town and a selectman. When the hysteria hit, he played a pivotal role in the accusation and indictments of his neighbors, one of them being Samuel 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 Wardwell, who was hung on September 22, 1692. Elizabeth Woodbury, the wife of her uncle Benjamin Balch. I'm sure it was German, so you have to go. <laughs> Just kidding, it wasn't. You have to. <laughs> <laughs> Testified against which Sarah Bishop that we've already talked about. Which resulted in Sarah's death. Fortunately, the rest of the Bach family was able to stay out of the trials. They stayed out of chalk lines. Uh, we're going to move on to the opposers. Many of the trials opposers were then accused of witchcraft as evidenced throughout history. Reverend Samuel Willard, first cousin, nine times, however, openly opposed the trials but was never accused. He would also be instrumental in halting the trials. Later halt. on, halting. <laughs> Later on, he would become president of Harvard, where many of his teachings are held in documents. Robert Pike, paternal grandfather, was one of the more prominent men in Salisbury, Massachusetts. By the time of the trials, he had risen to the position of assistant of the general court, where he had to collect depositions of Bach. the accusers. Sorry. Depositions of the accusers and the accused alike. Once Mary Bradbury was accused, however, he began to see holes in the trials. He then wrote a letter to trial judge Jonathan Corwin, questioning how the courts were handling the accusations. There are no documentation. There's no documentation on how this letter was received, but it was one of the first known men to have questioned the trials. He was the first. And like I said, I posted the references, but that's how it all ties in. And there's still so much more that goes with the Salem witches. <sighs> but, Cindy, what the Here. fuck with your family tree? No, it's not a tree. It's a hula hoop. Uh, yeah. It's go round and right round. I can't you think of the word. me right, right round, baby, right round when you go. Oh, yeah. Anyway, that's all we have for today for yeah. our October spatial. 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 We have two more cool things coming up for this month. Yeesh. We're also going to be on the Serial Chillers podcast. So, but then if you want to go on Instagram, you can. You can. You'll find and us. Uh, what is it? Color Me Dead podcast. Yeah, and you can do the same thing on uh, Twitter. Or, wait, while you're on Instagram, you can find, you can find me at gory underscore Nikki. And then you can find us on Twitter. Maybe. We suck at Twitter. 
Color Me Dead podcast. Where else are we? Facebook, Facebook. That's what Addie used to call it. I won't go on Facebook, Mommy, I promise. When she'd take my phone. No, stay off my phone. Facebook, Color Me Dead podcast. We have the group Color Me Dead group. And we are fuckery most foul in there. And a lot of it doesn't have to do uh, with And we also crime. have uh, the Color Me Dead keto group. And we have Color Me Still Here. And we have the book, book club. club. The CMD book club. Yeah. And we have the CM... Wait, what is the one called? The Crime Con group. Which covers travel to CrimeCon and the True Crime Podcast Festival <laughs> in Chicago. Everybody's, Chicago. Yeah, everybody's trying to get together to be able to travel to such places. Come here and say goodbye to everybody for us. Come on. Come here. It smells like poop in here because your dog farted. Ew. Yeah. We have <laughs> what do you say? Say... Don't um, don't accuse people of being witches. Don't and accuse, stay out of chalk lines. Don't accuse people of being witches. And stay out of chalk lines. And stay out of chalk lines. <laughs> now say goodbye with us. Ready? Goodbye. goodbye. <laughs>